Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy.
He was born while King Herod was the king. So it was during the reign of King Herod. And about that, same, that time, some wise men from the eastern lands, and it's important to note that they're wise men. They're not just like some hitchhikers. These are wise men, learned men. They, um, from eastern lands, arrived in Jerusalem. So they came to the kingdom. And they came and they asked. They thought, well, this will be the place they'll know. They're going to know what's going on. Because they had heard, and let's pick up here, in verse 2, where is the newborn king of the Jews? Where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, if you are Herod, and you call yourself the great, and then some really smart people show up and want to know where this new king is, because they want to worship him, there's a, you have a problem. Right? You, there's a problem because now suddenly maybe you're not so great. And, and this bothered. Now, you know, let me just say this real quick. When we think about the whole Christmas story and the birth of Jesus and the wise men coming, this was a long time frame. It wasn't like, you know, they put it in their GPS and they got in their car and they drove there to see the baby. I mean, this was a long time period. We kind of encapsulated to a few days. You know, Jesus was born, the wise men showed up. I mean, this was happening. The star was present. There was traveling involved. There's a few different opinions on, on the time frame, but it wasn't just like a day or two deal. And you'll see, you'll understand that in just a moment. Um, so they, these guys show up to, the, to Jerusalem and they're like, hey, where is this new, I mean, the star, I mean, a star rose. <coughs> Suddenly, if you're here at the great, you're thinking, I didn't have a star. There's no star hovering over me, so there's a problem. And it says, and you see this in verse 3. Watch this. King Herod, now watch this, listen to this. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. What? King? We've got this. We, 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 this is what's going on. Now go down to verse 7. So Herod calls for a private meeting with these wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. So he's trying to figure out a timeline of when this Jesus, when, excuse me, he doesn't know that, when this baby, who's going to be the king of the Jews, was born. And so he's finding out when this is. And then verse 8, then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Insert sinister laughter there. Like, <laughs> like if he had a mustache, he would have twisted it in. Because he's not up to good. He's, he's like, you know, yeah, go find him so, and tell me where he is so I can go back and worship him. Okay? So, now, I encourage you again, go and read Matthew 2 later. An angel appears to these wise men and is like, king's up to no good. Don't let him know where the baby is. And we pick this up in verse 16. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. So they didn't return to Jerusalem. So here's what he did. This is what was in the heart of Herod the Great. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. So... From when the star appeared to they're not really sure when that was to when Jesus was born, not really sure where that was. Let's just take out all the baby boys two years and under. Now, just 
Would, can you kind of let that sink in for a moment? I mean, we read this, and we're like, yeah, that's what they, that's like infanticide. I mean, just take out all the baby boys, two years and under. Herod the Great sent out this, this decree. This is what you're going to do. So why would a king be so upset with a baby born in Bethlehem? Why would he... His, why would he do that to the point of just wiping out this whole group of, of every child in a village and surrounding areas? I don't even want to say village. I mean, it had to be a, a big place. Herod's main motivation, King Herod the Great, his main motivation in life, you see it, it was himself. It was his title. It was his position. This was his heart. It's all about me. And because he was in a position of authority and wealth and all that, he was able to, I mean, because we all, we all might, might be a little guilty of that sometimes, but he was in a position when he could really max that out, me. I mean, he had the, the ability to do that. His main motivation was about himself. So when anything or anyone came into his world, that suddenly these really smart people are saying, hey, where's the new king? Who's going to be the king of the Jews? Where's the baby? Herod's reaction is, no, 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 no. Nobody else but me. It was, it was on himself. He, he would do anything to stay in control of himself. And, and I think as, as much as we go, gosh, Herod, you had to be nuts. His main motivation goes to the heart, I think, I think there's a correlation here as well that speaks to a lot of people today in 2017 who say, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. Let me, I don't even know if they use the word Jesus. I think that for a lot of people in their heart, there is no room for anything else or anyone else to reign and I don't mean sprinkle from the sky. I mean like king, reign, rule. And I think that's where a lot of people are. You know, we, uh, you know, we, we embrace parties and traditions and nice Christmas carols. And I love that. I, I tried really hard to not listen to Christmas music. Uh, I try to wait until the day after Thanksgiving, but I just, I fell this year. I confess that to you. I listened to it for a couple of weeks. I love Christmas music. We set up the tree on Friday. You know, our house is you know, decorated, you know. I, I like all this stuff. You know, but for, for some people, it's like, do all that. Do the trappings. Do the outward stuff. But let someone bring up Jesus. Let someone bring up the Christ. Let someone bring up the King, the real King, and His purpose for coming. And let's don't forget what that is. It wasn't to be a royal ruler, as many thought. It wasn't to come and lead armies. As Herod probably thought. It wasn't so that he could sit on a throne on earth and be given all the attention and all the glory. That's not why he came. No. Why did he come? He came to change people's hearts. Jesus came to change hearts. Hearts that were turned from him. That were turned away from him. That's why he came. And so when you bring that up today... A lot of people have a problem with it. They have a problem with Jesus. But there's no room in a lot of people's hearts for the one who wants to change their heart. Herod's heart was too small for anything else but Herod. 
That's all I had room for. You know, to acknowledge Jesus at, at to be what the Christmas story says is to, to acknowledge that, that Jesus has a right to our lives, that he has a right to our hearts, that he has a, heart, a right to our minds. And again, stop and think about that for a minute because here's a question I want to ask you today. What is the condition of your heart right now? What's the condition of your heart? Is there really room in there for Jesus to reign? Is there room in your heart right now? Or do you, I mean, okay, maybe you're not plotting to wipe out all the two-year-old boys and under. Or maybe you're like, you know, the Grinch and you're not wanting to, you know, steal the town. But what is the condition of your heart right now? Watch this next clip and see how, like Herod tried to hijack Christmas but take it out all the boys, the Grinch tried to do the same. The chimbley. Hey, if you want to simplify your Christmas, do what they used to do back in the day, and that is the presents just got put on the tree. How many of your trees would fall down with some of the presents that you buy if you tried to hang those suckers on the tree? Um, so, as silly as it sounds, right, that, that Herod was jealous of a baby, his plan was to, to take them out. And the Grinch, you see, his, his plan is, you know what? Fine, I'll just take away all this, all the trappings, all the exterior stuff of Christmas. You got presents, I'm taking your presents. You got stockings, I'm taking those. Uh, you're going to play music, let me get, you know, he, he said, let me, I'm just going to take it. And then you won't have Christmas. See, that's where, that's what a lot of people view it. It's just the outward exterior stuff. But I ask the question again, what is the condition of your heart this Christmas? Because when you think about it, and you think about removing the things that the Grinch just removed. Is Christmas still the same for you? What's the is there room in your heart for Jesus this Christmas? And I'm not I'm not uh, you know suggesting that that we're all just a bunch of Scrooges and Grinches in here and we have no place for Him. But have we kind of shoved Him to the side? Is there room there in our heart? For Jesus this Christmas. You know, it, what the Grinch is doing isn't too far from what a lot of people are saying today. Is, oh, go ahead and celebrate Christmas just without Christ. What's the condition of our heart? Is there, is there room for one who, and here's a word that we don't like to hear, but I'm going to say it. Is there room for someone, Jesus, who requires, requires, See, if we're like a Herod, we're like, you ain't requiring anything of me. <coughs> but is there room for one who says, you know what, maybe there's some things. Maybe there are some, some uh, expectations, some stuff you're doing, and it needs to move out so that I can have room to really be present in your life. What's the condition of your heart? The thing about this, you know, so is it possible that, that all the, you know, the parties and the presents and, and let's admit the financial stress and burden that comes with it and, and relationships sometimes that are strained and magnified at, at you know, holidays, is there, is there a possibility that those things need to move to the side to allow Jesus to have a real place in your heart this Christmas? Because here's what I think. 
when we allow him to have that room, then maybe those relationships that are strained suddenly aren't as strained. Why? Because we are allowing Jesus to reign in our heart. Maybe the, the, the frantic running around and, and, and feeling like we've got to do this and do that and spend this and spend that. Maybe suddenly, you know, maybe that's what it's, what it's all about. Is there room in your heart for Jesus? Because if we look beyond all the, the, the exterior stuff, the surfacey stuff, I would even say some of the non-important things that I like, by the way, is it, is it possible for us to find that glimmer of hope, that glimmer of joy that Jesus promises to us? So if you have someone like a Herod, which, you know, or a rich, who just wants nothing to do, their heart isn't open, how, how, do, how, how does that heart change? You know, Herod's heart never changed. Go and read the scriptures. He, he never had a, a moment of, you know, revelation. But watch this next clip, and, and, and you know what happens with the Grinch. Let's see it again. Getting some roast beast this year for Christmas. Do you, do you realize, and, I, and we're in church, there's a chance you might, what a beautifully theological story this is. That... What, what changed the heart of the Grinch, what, what changed him, it, it wasn't the ribbons, it wasn't the bad tags, it wasn't the packages, and it wasn't the boxes or bags. Here's what happened. It was the witness of the people that knew him that changed him. So I asked you two, one question earlier. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another one to ponder. The first one is, what's the condition of your heart as, as we enter into this season? What is the condition of, is there room for Christ in your heart? Is, are there some things that need to not have the place, the, the throne that they have held? Do you need to make room for Jesus this Christmas? Maybe like you haven't ever before. You know, we have, I could open the mic up right now and some of y'all could tell some really cool, really touching traditions that you have in your families at Christmas. Things that you do. Uh, places you go, you know, pajamas you wear, and games you play, and, and all these kinds of things that are really special, right? Is, is there an opportunity this Christmas for something new to take, to maybe, maybe, I know I'm getting personal here, it might push some other things out, but to have a place for Christ this Christmas, like never before. Because, here's the next thing I want you to ponder. What changed the Grinch's heart was not, um, you know, some, you know, really thick book that he went and got from, you know, the Christian bookstore. It was the witness of the people in Whoville who had joy in their heart, who chose to celebrate in spite of anything else. I don't know how many of us would be so joyful if we woke up on Christmas morning and, and nothing was there. Do we gather in the town square and hold hands and sing, whoa, whoa, Can you cover that, Justin, at some point? Can we do that one? That would be good. Um, Y'all, that, that, so is there room for Jesus? And then, as you go, like I said, I like Christmas stuff. As you go to these parties, as you spend time with family, as you do these things, you have this great opportunity this Christmas to be someone who brings joy and brings hope and who brings promise 
Even if it seems as if everything is crumbling around, there's going to be people that you're going to run into, and, and as we walk, you're probably saying, well, they're a wrench. I know, you know, people you work with, people you know, family, the people, you have this opportunity to be light and hope this Christmas. And it's because you've made room in your heart for Jesus. And so I hope that as, as we move into these next coming weeks, really, um, that take us into the new year, go to the parties, give the gifts, travel, decorate your homes, do all that. But instead of viewing that as, as all that Christmas is, let's remember it's about the king who has come to reign to be the king of our hearts and our lives. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you can take these modern day parables that, that, are, that are funny, but they hold a lot of truth in them because you show us sometimes in those innocent things, you, you speak to the heart of who we are. God, and I pray that as your people gather here this morning, that we would consider those two questions. What is our condition, the condition of our heart right now? Is there more room for Jesus? Are there some things that need to, to move out? Maybe that we have given uh, too much importance, too much authority in our lives. And God, would you help us to be people that when we, when we go out, where we're going, where, where we find ourselves in the next few weeks, we would be people that bring the hope and the promise and the joy of your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in His name we pray all these things. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.